Hi folks and thanks for listening to this Tortoise Shack podcast. Quick one before I let you listen to the pod. Uh, something's been itching at me for a few weeks, really since October 7th. And it was something that Father Peter McVeary said to us on the podcast maybe four or five years ago now. He said about how people are exceptional at compassion, but aren't always so great at solidarity. And he didn't mean it in a negative sense. He meant, you know, you could be watching a documentary or you could be watching a, you know, a, a film based on true story or, or just an ad for Focus Ireland and you will feel empathy for the people who are suffering. You may even be compelled to, you know, donate to the charity or do this, but we don't necessarily move beyond that into the realm of, you know, uh, maybe volunteering at a homeless shelter or getting involved in community homeless uh, um, support groups, finding out where your local direct provision centre is and seeing if there's ways you can help. But the other thing that really bothered me, and it's something personal, is that I obviously know that the Tortoise Shack relies on compassion. Without compassion, without your compassion of becoming a member and paying it forward, we can't exist. So compassion is really important. In fact, compassion maybe gives us the space to act in solidarity that we can help put forward voices that you don't maybe hear everywhere else, conversations that I feel are underrepresented in much of mainstream and we can continue to do that because of your compassion, because you've joined us on the Patreon feed, because you're giving us the fiver a month. So I suppose this is my long-winded way of saying that, you know, as someone who relies entirely on compassion to keep the lights on and the mics on, you can't even have solidarity without compassion. But much more importantly, you cannot have change without active solidarity. So I am going to continue to ask people to help us keep it going. I am going to ask you to click the link that says patreon.com forward slash tortoise because I believe in what we're trying to do. And I think lots of you do as well. Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Echo Chamber podcast. My name is Tony Groves and folks, we continue to cover events in Gaza, Israel, Palestine, Pal- Palestinian people. Their voices have been very marginalized by our media, um, particularly in Ireland. I've had a lot of problems with, with seeing the, a, a lack of Palestinian voices. I hope that that will change in the next little while. And I hope the world's eyes don't move on because what's happened now is worse, Martin, than we anticipated when... October 7th and the Hamas attacks happened, we knew there'd be retribution. We never thought that there would be a situation whereby there are now more children have been killed in Gaza since October 7th than in all world conflicts and in any given year for the last four years. And we call it retribution. It's just bloody revenge and murder is all it is. Bloody revenge and murder. Well, it's. It, I'm going to go. We'll, we'll look. We'll go to our guest, our uh, returning guest, our friend, um, the our NASA engineer, engineer uh, to the stars, and uh, proud Palestinian uh, Loe Albasani. Loe, I know you've been doing a lot of media. I know you've been been continuing to speak out. How are you, first of all, before we before we deal with anything else? How are you? How are you these last since we spoke about a week ago? Um, I don't know. I just feel extremely powerless. Um, even getting the message out is like completely media blackouts, kind of making me feel like I can't really do much. Um, I don't know. It's been uh, in the last five days. We spoke to my parents for like maybe two, three minutes. Uh, I mean, we still do not have contact with them again. I mean, we just, you know, after the media said that the communication was restored, we we're only able to talk to them, and then they went back offline. So it's like, it seemed like they do things just for media headlines, and then they just 
you know, people just keep assuming like aid is getting in and assuming that phone lines are connected. Uh, I mean, still com- Gaza City is in a complete blackout right now. I think you make a really interesting, really important point there. They keep saying they've done these things uh, and then they do them to the smallest, tiniest degree. You know, uh, aid is coming in and it's, it was like 12 trucks. On, on any given day when Gaza was operating during the blockade, 500 tr- trucks were imported on a daily basis. And we were talking about 12 coming in in the worst of, you know, in, in the middle of what uh, the Israeli government are calling a war. And then, you know, like that. You, sorry, go, ahead, go on. I mean, honestly, even, even when you say the 500 trucks, I think that's a misnomer. I think a lot of people in the media talk about it. That's only one inter, entry port border. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, because like most entry, like Rafah crossing with Egypt is not considered to be a goods, reduced goods border. So there is a border between Egypt, Israel, and then going to Gaza, which is Kerem Abu Salem. Mm. So usually anything getting through Rafah will have to actually go through the security route all the way to Kerem Abu Salem and get entered again. We only had literally a total of 10 trucks, and I think four trucks followed it. There is 500 trucks enter alone from Karim Abu Salem. There is two other entry points, which is, I have no idea what is the number on these points, which is, you know, the, the, the one by Gaza and the one in the north of Gaza areas, which we actually get a lot of Israeli imports mm. through there. So, I mean, I, I think it might be closer to a thousand trucks get in usually daily before the war. Lowy, I know you're getting through to your mom and dad very sporadically. It's very difficult to get through. What are they telling you about what it's like? I mean, their words really vary every time. You know, they're trying to be positive. And my mom last time said, "It's like, what do you think? What do you think it is like? It is war. It's like hell." Um. Uh. I mean, they. You know. So I, the last time I talked to before the internet completely got cut out, and actually the phone line got cut out because, like, you know, my parents haven't had internet since the seventh of October. Uh. You know, they were like, you know, that last time I talked to them before, like they completely cut the phone lines, there was like something hit the roof, it was really loud, you know. And yesterday we spoke with them briefly when the connection got reestablished. And she, my mom was like, that was actually a bomb shrapnel, like literally half of a bomb landed on our roof. They completely erased the street a block away from them where our old clinic used to be. You know, they had the like the pharmacy there. Uh, I mean, my mom trying to make us like, you know, like, you know, she's like, don't worry about us. We're fine. You know, just trying to comfort us. Um, and how's dad? How's dad doing? I'm really like scared because every time my mom like just make an excuse, he's praying or something. And I'm not sure, you know, I didn't really get to talk to him much. He's always tired. He's been tired and laying down. So I'm not sure, honestly, how well he is. How is that for you, Loe, and your brothers? When you can't, you know, when you know your mom and dad are there, you can't visit them. You can't get in. You can't have access. You can't get them out. And it is a war zone. How does that feel for you and your brothers? I mean, I mean, kind of suck. My parents are stuck there. They just went there to visit um, for like three months. So and. But the saddest thing, honestly, like, you know, when I hear lies in the media, is like, you know, the media saying that they've been whole hostages. You know, I just heard Benjamin Netanyahu come out, say all the foreign national Gaza is being stuck there because they're at, he literally, the exact word he used, he said, 
they are at, at the gunpoint, you know, like people holding guns against them. And that's a complete lie. You know, my parents got contacted by the embassy three days after, after we told them they're there. The embassy said they should leave, but they have no way to get them to leave. They are stuck there. Everything has been told to them is a lie. I mean, that's the truth about everybody else. There is absolutely nobody is being forced to be staying any place. There is absolutely no government in Gaza right now appearing on the streets. So people just like do whatever they think that's the best thing to do. Uh, I mean, I could not even convince my parents to do anything because I don't even know what's going on. I mean, people witnessing even cars try to make movement today. You know, they will get stuck by sort of Israeli tanks, like, you know, with invisible range. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's just you know, I mean, it's, it is, I mean, my parents try not to leave the clinic. I mean, my mom said, like, yeah, some of your cousins went check out. The entire street where I got a race next door. But she's like, you know, I mean, it's not, you know, they're just going to just, I don't know, they just, I mean, it's kind of funny that my mom asks us, like, tell your brother to change our air f- like flight back to Germany. <laughs> She's worried about the change fee. <laughs> and I was like, you know, we'll worry about your tickets once you get out. So, yeah, mom, I mean, moms are going to mom way. You know that. Moms will mom. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's just, I don't even know to tell you the truth how to feel. Um, I'm extremely devastated about the state of humanity and Oh, honestly, nobody cares. Isn't that... You've you've just nailed it, though. That's the real sickening part about this. We've all grown up about listening to stories about genocide and massacres and ethnic cleansing. We knew what happened in Srebrenica, but we didn't get to see it on our phones. We didn't get to see it happen in real time. And we certainly didn't get to see the politicians who spent all of their times arguing about whether is it too much to say the words ceasefire and should we just say humanitarian truce and all of this sort of stuff. And now we see it happening in front of our faces. And it's happening in real time because a leak official document shows that the plan was to move, reduce Gaza to to, um, uh, tent cities ultimately to move the population into the Sinai in a new population. That's that's ethnic cleansing low that's there's no two ways about it i mean that's terrifying yeah i mean i think that's like like the people in gaza discovered this before any of us and you know palestinian we knew this plan uh to see the document actually improve like dot leak i mean you could see the systematic the systematic uh like intentional like erasing of entire neighborhoods to create this mass refugee crisis you know, the intentional bombing of every single hospital. Uh, I mean, the hospital that did not have not gotten direct hits, they've been getting warning sign around them. Uh, I mean, there's thousands of, of Palestinians taking refuge you know, at, the, at the hospitals. You know, they're surrounding the hospitals. I mean, people literally sleeping outside the hospital trying to protect them. Because, you know, I mean, if you get the hospital out, I mean, you know, that's when the disease is. This is like not only like, you know, an ethnic cleansing and a genocide. They're actually trying to use the natural resources of like cutting food, water, uh, and the complete siege, which is the same thing have been was done by the Allied forces in World War One by the English. You know, during you know, when they were when they were experiencing having losses and heavy defeat to the Turkish forces in Gaza, they put a siege on Gaza and they continued to bombard Gaza over the airs for months. You know, and 
the Gaza population, literally over 55% of the city of Gaza's population died between cholera and bombings of the cities and the civilians. They used the civilian as a pressuring point, you know, in the war. And it seems this thing is happening again today. You know, I mean, you know, you know, the world is literally laying a siege on Gaza under our vision. You know, we're seeing it. We know exactly what's happening. People telling us what's happening in the ground. We're seeing some images that leaking despite the complete blackout and the complete, like, social media even closing. Like, I mean, it's just, it's just you know, I, I can I see it. I see exactly what's happening. You know, people's like, you don't know the truth. I was like, I know exactly what's going on. I, people don't know the truth. I think you're right, Loey. I think you are right. Uh, people don't know the truth. And I think... Um, there's a big difference between Europe and the US on what kind of truth is coming out. We see in Ireland, we're very much uh, pro ceasefire, pro Gaza. We're, we're very much pro peace. But the further, the closer to America you get, um, the less the case that is. And in fact, it's flipped on its head in America where they simply want this violence to continue. Um, how difficult it is, is it for you to get the truth out to people or is it just impossible? I mean, you know, a lot of people know what's going on and they know, I mean, there is this like, like almost this notion now in the United States media that uh, the majority of media is like absolutely lying. Uh, I mean, about a lot of things. So, I mean, the faith in the media is like really dropped. And I think people in politics and even including people, not only in the U.S. politics, even Israeli government, they're like completely sitting on the high chair. They don't even see their own through their own lies. I think that's been exposed. A lot of the younger generation, like a lot of people approach me and they'd be like, you know, we know what's going on. We actually just scared to speak out, which is kind of really dangerous that, you know, the country we talk about freedom, you know, like they like people are like, they do not feel free to elaborate because they scared of consequences or, you know, scared of like being labeled one way or another. Afraid of losing jobs too, Loey, and that there's a big pushback in the states. Martin, Martin can I be very clear? This, it happened in Dublin with, with Wix, the the the, the, yeah. the company that designs websites, which is an Israeli-owned company. Uh, one of their employees tweeted about a negative comment about Israel and what was happening in Gaza, and she lost her job the next day. You know, so this is this is happening everywhere now. And when you mention um, Europe being very different from America, I, I kind of disagree with you, Martin, because when they went to the UN for votes, a lot of EU countries just chose to abstain. They didn't do what America did and voted against the ceasefire. They chose to abstain. And sometimes, and Loa, you may agree or disagree, but sometimes silence is compliance, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, too... I mean, it's not about the silence. I think, like, everybody's worried about the percussions of media backlash and lobbying yeah. power. So, you know, I mean, it's kind of really ridiculous as getting to the level we're in. I mean, that, you know, between, you know, defense industry lobbying and pro-Israeli lobbying, you know, I mean, that's, like, really big here in the United States. You know, I mean, also in Europe. Well, well I, I like pack, a lot of the politicians IPAC are using um, Facebook paid Facebook ads with pictures of Joe Biden on them about how it's the right right way thing to do. Like this is the the thing to do. So, but I but I also am conscious that you can like the Haaretz newspaper has been more critical of the Israeli military and the Israeli government 
than the US um, than the US uh, politicians and media and same likewise here like Haretza said you know about how they put the blame for October 7th at the door of, of Benjamin Netanyahu who is as you said a liar the man lies as easily as he breathes and he's been doing this for for, for decades now um, he's he's led this this campaign and now what we're seeing in real time is ethnic cleansing to the point where you've been posting videos where a a only hospital that was providing cancer care has been bombed. I mean, Loe, these are these are war crimes. How how are we how are we losing the argument with people to say this needs to be a ceasefire now? Uh, I I don't even, honestly I don't even know the rationale behind people. Um, I mean I mean that's the, you know I just like we see things on the ground. It's just. I don't even know how it's like it's actually okay to kill people like civilians, innocent people like being targeted. You know, I mean like, you know, I mean these weapons are extremely advanced. They know exactly where they're shooting. I mean, you know, I mean I'm talking even like all GPS have like, you know, the accuracy of like 1 meter, you know, to like, you know, 10 meters, you know. So I mean, some of these weapons have actually advanced GPS, which is have like a, you know accuracy of a few centimeters, uh, you know, which is differential GPS. You know, something used considerably in most U.S. weapons. Uh, you know, I mean, this is an absolute like an act of revenge. Uh, you know, they they like targeting. You know, in fact, in fact, like you know, Netanyahu called verses from the from the Old yeah. Testament. You know, like that talk about revenge and burning all. What he called about. He ta- was it was like was literally. it the the a city of um? I can't. God forgive me now for for mispronouncing. It was like something at the city of Akla where where it was wiped from the maps in retribution. And he quoted that, and and no one sort of no one called him up on this saying that's genocide. <laughs> I mean, the other thing is like most people not talking about is like the, what's going on right now in the mm, West Bank. Yeah. I mean, so right now they're going into the West Bank and they're not only going after, see, like this destruction and like to prove that they're actually targeting these residential houses on purpose. You can go to them in the West Bank. They're targeting a lot of the prisoners, political prisoners, who's actually inside of Israeli prison. They're going after their houses, even though they have not been involved at all. What's going on? Uh, you know, like a lot of these houses been demolished. You know, like it's like you know there was airstrike actually conducted in you know in Jenin refugee camps and other part of the West Bank, which is under like there's absolutely no. I mean, like that area is completely under control of Israel. And the there's country. no Hamas. I mean, there's no Hamas government. I'm sure there is Hamas fighters there, but it's, yeah, but uh, you know, but that's not no, a justification but, 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 to be bombing the but, entire civilian. I mean, it's like you bombing your own cities. I mean, this is the insanity. They killed the olive farmer, didn't they? Like, imagine <laughs> they killed an olive farmer. And they no, but there was, people. and when and when people, people came out to protest, they left notes on their cars saying, "If you don't leave, we will kill you as well." And these are these, you know, we've seen these. I saw. I don't know. If there's um. There was a, a an Israeli um, clown. I don't know, Martin, if you saw this. Our friend Hannah McCarthy went to the West Bank today, and they tried to do a forced um, expulsion of people on on the West Bank uh, with settlers. And there's an uh, an Israeli clown, and and forgive me, I can't recall his name, but he stood in front of the IDF and told them, and the IDF didn't know what how to react because he's a well known children's entertainer in in uh, in Israel, and he was stopping them from demolishing people's homes 
homes in the West Bank. Um, would we? Wouldn't it be great if we all had the the bravery of this uh, this this clown, this 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 proudly Jewish Israeli clown? If we all had this, Lo, I have one important question for you because it is really crucial. They went. They they kept on talking about bombing the Al Shifa hospital because that's where the main bunker is, and then they came up with this ridiculous um, computer generated graphic. And you said, knowing where it is, what it does above sea level, and and how it couldn't happen. Can you just give us a quick breakdown on that? Because that was that those threats were were very 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 sinister indeed. Yeah, I mean, you know, the threats against the Shifa Hospital really go really back, you know, back to like, you know, even like the 2008, uh, you know, 2014 war. They always said that's where the leadership, you know, back then were the head of Hamas staying. But I mean, you know, I, I think I think it's just like, you know, the obvious evidence of the targeting every single hospital issue worrying for every single hospital. I th- I think the Ahli, you know, the, you know, Mamadani Baptist Hospital, Chuck, I think that was a test to the media to see how far they can go. Uh, I mean, it is the, it is like one of the smallest hospitals in Gaza, actually. And, you know, but the, well, I mean, the fact is like, I mean, I grew up going to this hospital like almost daily. Uh, you know, you saw always wait for my dad to get take a ride home. So, and I used to walk from there to the beach. I mean, it's literally, if you're on a coastal beach, right? I mean, and you like, you know, it's like, it's basically on the ramp coming out of the beach. You know, the lowest part of the hospital, you know, like the altitude, it's probably like only like between like, I would probably guess about 13 meters above sea level. The high part, maybe it'll get to 20, which is like, you know, as you're climbing up and, you know, the the hospital does have a lot of basements, you know, which is actually, that's where the intensive care unit is all the way in the bottom. So like, you know, like, you know, it's even utilizing the space underground. A lot of people can walk in, you could go in. I mean, if you're a reporter, you probably could, go, if you get in the hospital, you could get into the basement, uh, you know, you know, but like there is absolutely no space under because, I mean, you know, like most, most of these like big, you know, the MK, like the, the 84 bombs, like the, like the UB utilized anti-bunker buster bombs, they were actually, they're like, they can go down to about 60, you know, to 100, to 100 feet, which is about 30 meters. Uh, so like it makes absolutely no sense, you know, comical sense. To be saying, oh, the most secure site, you know, like you can only go to the 15 yeah. meter site. I mean, that's pretty stupid if they actually pick that site, um, you know. So as you go more further into like, you know, centers, the Gaza City, you know, that's the old city. So like, you know, like it's kind of the hill because the city kept building on top of each other. So actually the, the old city is like, is a big giant hill. You know, it's a lot higher depth there. But, you know, I mean, a lot of the areas in Gaza is very shallow. So, you know, I mean, you know, the reason I know this is like actually because we own a lot of water wells, you know, so we had a lot of groves and we had like water wells. So I could tell you, like, if you tell me a spot in Gaza, I could tell you how deep it is, like up top of my head, because like my family, all, you know, your, 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 your dad loves Canada, trees like, more than anyone you've ever, I've ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, he, like, you know, we dug in a water well years ago, like, you know, when we were even banned to dig in water wells secretly. <laughs> Because, you know, it was not even allowed for us to dig in water wells. You know, it's like, you know, Palestinians are not allowed to get access to water and there's really occupation. Yeah. Um, but so. Lowey, when, when not, 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 not you, <laughs> sorry, excuse me, I can't even pronounce it. <laughs> Nanyatu talks about children of darkness. You are the children of darkness. Your father raised you. He raised good people, good men, sent them out into the world, well-educated, 
you're a child of darkness that was able to put a helicopter on Mars and bring light to the whole world, to the whole world. How does it feel when somebody refers to you and your brothers and your cousins and all those people you grew up with and the hard work of your father and your mother to be referred to as a child of darkness? Um, I, honestly, I don't even know how to respond. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, uh, it's kind of easy to demonize people. You know, it's a, it's a technique of war. I mean, demonize your enemy. You know, dehumanize your enemy. So you know, I mean, imagine, but you are that enemy. We, but you are that enemy. You are that child. You are that child of darkness. He's talking about. And I mean, all you've ever done in your life is positive, not negative. I mean, you aren't a child of darkness. You're a person of light who works very hard on the science end of things to enlighten the world. You're not dragging it down. You're not doing anybody any damage. I mean, how, how, where does he get off in referring to people like this as children of darkness? I'm not sure. I mean, I don't even know who he referred to. He just, a, a factory of lies. You know, he just, you know, I mean, I mean, oh, this guy, I don't even know. You know, if I wasn't Israeli, I would even even accept a person like that to be in my politics. I mean, this, I mean, he just, yeah. I mean, he just, I never seen a person like lie with such a straight face. And even when he get confronted about his lie, he continued to lie. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, I don't even know how, as a politician, he get away with that. But it, it was, it, you know, like referring to people, with, you know, yeah, human animals was no, another. No, that wasn't that wasn't him. Yeah, that yeah, was the word human human animal. Yeah, that word is like it's very old. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of really interesting that. During the, you know, a lot of the, you know, the Zionist militia terrorist organization like the Igorn and the, you know, the other the other ones that actually, you know, in the four, I mean, in the 1948, I mean, actually used to be recognized as a terrorist organization by Great Britain so by, <laughs> you know, at the time. But they, you know, they were literally like, you know, they were referring to people as like the wild bees, human animals. I mean, it is mentioned in these words in the Theodore Herzl's book. The Jewish state. He, I mean, he referred to us as bears, wild beasts. You know, we need to create fear in them. We throw bombs in the mid- midst of their refugee centers. Right. I mean, this is like tradition. I mean, this is just like I mean, I, you know, I'm not making this up. No, no, no. I want to be very clear. Ch- Churchill did the same, like, and so did Roosevelt at one stage. You know, they talked about the different strata of of humanity and how you know the Palestinian people were were beasts. I believe was the Churchill expression, beasts. Um, Loe, look, it, yeah. I, I won't delay you any further. Um, I really appreciate you giving us the time again. I, I want people to make sure that they continue to speak out uh, and speak up and march and protest and, and call our politicians to account. But I kind of share your pessimism at the moment. It feels very much that we've been let down by our leaders. You know it's very bad when the one thing both parties in the U.S. Congress seem to agree on is that, that you know, uh, now is not the time to call for a ceasefire. It's kind of deplorable. that, um, And I don't know if you heard, heard this the other evening, but it was, it was said very eloquently by someone much more uh, erudite than me. They said that in Ireland we had centuries of oppression and colonial projects and it was only when the United States of America decided that they would intervene in a way to seek 
a resolution as opposed to support one side that things change. And now 25 years later, we're living our peace. Even if it's not finished, it's not complete. But unfortunately, in this in the situation for your homeland, for your people, your country, your adopted country now, the United States, is not playing a positive role, Loe. And I don't want to get you into trouble by saying that, but they are not playing politically. It's not been it's not been a a good moment for and history. I believe history will remember this um, badly in terms of how uh, Joe Biden's administration have dealt with this conflict because. You know, we, we're seeing it playing out in real time. How many children have to die? How many more children have to die? It's it's just it's it's just beyond reckoning. Um, I Loe Alvasani, we really appreciate you taking time to talk to us. Um, please uh, stay in touch. Please continue to to speak out. I know it's very difficult. Um, and uh, and Martin is right. Even outside of this, you are an inspiration to so many because you change things and things what can be done in engineering. You really did. Um, so thank you. I know I think you're an inspiration, Louie, and I think you're an inspiration for all kids. They'd all love to do what you're doing. And I, I think you're a great inspiration. Keep fighting the fight, Louie. Delighted to talk to you again. Delighted to talk no Potter, pal. Right, we'll talk to you soon, folks. That was uh, our friend Louie Elbasani and Martin he is a little bit down in the dumps and understandably so. And he won't mind me saying that it is so hard to, you know, you're trying to function in the world, do the high stress jobs that he does. And then know that you're, you don't know, as he said to us that one of the last times he spoke to him, when he hangs up from his mom and dad on that phone that he gets for a couple of minutes, he doesn't know if that's the last time he'll ever get to speak to them, you know? So it's, it, it is, a, it's emotional I, I torture. Say, look, the, the last time we spoke to Lowe, we were talking about the helicopter on Mars. He was so upbeat. He's such a chirper lad in his in himself. He's not the depressed kind of lad. There today, we could see that there is just such a weight on him. There is such an awful weight on him. And and if you haven't heard some of the stuff he's talking about, like he was he was part of the people who got the contract for building the moon base. I mean, this is yeah. not someone where yeah. we're not talking about someone who's you know um, working out the best he algorithm. He is really a child of light, as I yeah. said. He is one of those people that's pushing the boundaries for the human race. Absolutely pushing boundaries for the human race. Staggering. Um, I think Martin wasn't it? You said something about science fiction, and he was saying about making it science fact. But look, um, I want to just before we wrap, I want to go to a couple of very quick things from an Irish perspective that have pissed me off of late. And you know this, Martin. There's a lot of liberalism going on in Ireland. A lot of people who are, you know, lifestyle lefties who have gone very quiet over the last few weeks in terms of in terms of what's happening in Israel, Palestine, particularly what's happening in Gaza. Um, I mean, it's a real show up for the books when, you know, Leo Varadkar on this topic is further to the left, say, than maybe Blind Boy is. You know, we, we have all of these people and I'm sure Blind Boy has a, an income to pay, a mortgage to pay and all of these things. But all of these people, and I'm not picking on Blind Boy, he's just a big name if you know what I mean so so he is a huge name and you're looking at people going oh my god why aren't people actually speaking out why aren't people using their platforms and it goes to what Loe was saying about the fear the fear of 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 lobbies the fear of we saw how and I raised the point myself on social media Haaretz put out a thing an editorial from the main newspaper the paper of record of Israel this week where they talked about how this was all to be laid at Benjamin Netanyahu's door 
If you said that in the Irish tech sector, like, say, Paddy Cosgrave, you'd be cancelled. If you said that in the UK Tory party, you get fired. If you said it in the European Parliament, yeah. you'd be derided. Okay? So, these are the facts. Another one that, like, now, again, Martin, you'll roll your eyes at me, but I just find it quite interesting that, for example... Um, and I talk about podcasts all the time, and I'm sorry I do, folks, It's it's, but it's our medium. The number one podcast on Israel-Palestine at the moment is David McWilliams' podcast. And David McWilliams is an economist, and his guest uh, that he's had, repeated guest, is Thomas Friedman, who is a Zionist, who has written for the New York Times about the virtues of Zionism, but it never gets mentioned in the podcast. So, like, you know, again, w- when I warned people yesterday about stop you know, sharing things from people who are bad faith actors who just hate Jewish people, but they're pretending that they like Palestine just to just to get digs in. Just be careful of the other side as well, because that's hiding in plain sight, and it has it has more access. It's not even hiding. It's in the Sunday Business Post today. It's not even hiding. It's not even hiding. I mean, they've put in a lobbyist in yeah. the Sunday Business Post, put an article out there. Uh, very pro-Israel against Palestinian argument, and that's a lobbyist, and nobody put above it advertisement for the Israeli government. Nobody did, and they bloody well should have. And the Sunday Business Post is an utter disgrace. They've destroyed it. Whatever it was before Richie took over, he's driven it into the fucking ground. It's a disgrace. Uh, you're wrong. It's Danny McConnell who's in oh, charge. Sorry, Danny. Da- Richie left and Danny took over. And it's it's in fucking tatters Well, uh, I, I'm going to actually say you're you're wrong. They, there's great journalists there whose names are being smeared by the opinion pages in that newspaper. because well, they're, uh, they're, We have seen that in microcosm across the rest of the newspaper where but, these opinion pieces are destroying good journalism. But you're not... I mean, we've you, said but it, it But it's very... But you haven't seen, in this case, a, a paid lobbyist with, who owns a lobbying company who's lobbied on behalf of the state of Israel write a piece that goes after the head of the UN for being critical of Israel, not presented as, my opinions are bought and paid for. And yeah. that's... and yeah, that is disgraceful. And that is disgraceful. It's disgraceful. Oh, and one other little thing, I don't want to give it too much time. The other thing, this whole thing about, you know, Elon Musk is putting Starlink over um, over Gaza. You see, I don't understand this. Can you explain this a little? Because people don't understand this. Yeah, Can yeah. Can you explain this a little? Please? I actually, I saw a mural. Um, the, a mural went up of Elon Musk dressed as Jesus, as if he was the saviour. Uh, and I, 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 yeah, literally, oh Christ. But um, I, I, I couldn't stop screaming. And you know I couldn't stop screaming because... Starlink is, you can throw the satellite over my house if you want, but I can't access it unless I have a router. The routers that you need have to get into Gaza to be able to access them. And there's no, nothing, you can't get a fart into Gaza unless the IDF bring it in currently, okay? So it is literally showmanship. So maybe the NGOs will be offered access to Starlink routers that they can piggyback off from, say, maybe East Jerusalem or the likes, Martin. But that's very limited, very low, you know, like... And I'm going to tell you absolutely truthfully, someone sent me an image of one of my posts that, that, that they saw using this technology. And i using air quotes here for you folks. They could see the text of what I'd written, but the image was not able to, was not able to pull up. So it was the equivalent of being able to receive a text message, Martin. Okay, so it's not, so stop with this nonsense. It's absolute bollocks. Unless they had routers in on the ground, it, it might as well be SMS for your old air cell phone that, you, you know, that Dennis O'Brien made his money from or whatever it is. That's what we're talking about here. 
Anyway, um, rant over. <laughs> I, I would like to wrap, Tony, by saying that we we need to be speaking up. It's not good enough to sit on your hands. No. It's not good enough to sit there and say, oh, I can't really have an opinion on this because X, Y, Z. If you don't have an opinion, you're the people standing silently by while atrocities happening. So you need to stand up. You need to be counted. A lot of good people coming out all over Europe in protest saying, no, let's not have this. Let's not have it in our lifetimes. It was in our grandparents and parents' lifetimes. Let's not have it in ours. So I think, yeah, galvanize, get up, get, as I said, activism, 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 Tony. Be active about this. There is nothing in the world more important to be active about. No, this is the most important thing that's happening. Um, there was a piece uh, in uh, in the national this morning, um, sorry, in the nation.com this morning um, by a Gazan called Ahmed Nihad. And Ahmed, I got in touch with because I can, um, yet other people in mainstream media can't seem to get in touch with anyone. Um, no, uh, but Martin, there was a, a line in it um, where he said that in terms of the ceasefire, and this is, I'm going to just, uh, I'm going to give you the very short, short version of this, but uh, we hope to speak to Ahmed in the next 24, 36 hours once we can make a recordable connection. Um, a ceasefire now. Grant us the luxury of one last hug. Our end is nigh, rest assured. Yeah, it's very fatalistic, Tony. It's very, and, and, and Lowy was fatalistic. But we're going to keep trying. We have to. We absolutely we have, have to. to. But my, I'm just saying these are these are people who are living it right now on the ground. And that was the line he used. So, um, yeah, he, he got back in touch with me today. I've had a, I've traded it. We've traded um, uh, WhatsApps where we can get connections and we're trying to work on something that can be recordable. But we'll bring you that now. But I would recommend I'll, I'll throw the link in for people to have a read of it. It's a beautifully sad piece of writing. Uh, that's the the best description I can put on it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. Thank you to our patrons. You stepped up. We needed you to help people in terms of get help and getting those voices out there. And you all stepped up. You know who you are. You've really made a difference. It's only a small thing that 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 I was asking. But my God, that you reward it in spades. So so thank you so much. It makes it 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 gave me a, a great sense of of hope when when I saw. The, the reaction of, of our members are really, really, really feel gratitude. And, and I know some people on the ground in Gaza do as well. Thank you for that. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Tony and Martin, Martin and Tony, speaking to interesting people only. It's the Echo Chamber podcast. Subscribe now on page.